good to see each one of you here tonight. Would you stand with me, please? Let's turn to page 613 as we begin tonight. Page 613, the banner of the cross. We'll sing verses 1, 2, and 4 together as we begin tonight. Page 613. There's a royal banner given for display to the soldiers of the king. As an ensign fair, we lift it up today, while as ransomed ones we sing. Marching on, marching on, for Christ count everything but loss. And to crown him king, toil and sing, neath the banner of the cross. Though the foe may rage and gather as the flood, let the standard be displayed. And beneath its folds as soldiers of the Lord, for the truth be not dismayed. Marching on, for Christ count everything but loss, and to crown him king. Toil and sing neath the banner of the cross. When the glory dawns, is drawing very near. It is hastening day by day. Then before our King, the foe shall disappear. And the cross the world shall sway. Marching on, marching on. For Christ count everything but loss, and to crown him king, toil and sing neath the banner of the cross. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, it is sure good to be back in the Lord's house tonight. Amen. And sure thankful that you uh, are here as well. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Ask God's hand. Uh, on our services as we have our oasis in the desert. Amen. And uh, get a cool drink of water from the Word of God. Brother Gary Waters, would you pray for us tonight, brother? Yes. Mm-hmm. Amen. Won't you be seated uh, tonight? I did just have a few announcements. Of course, as Brother Gary was praying there, don't forget about our harvest party uh, coming up this Friday night. Of course, if you have kids in the school, uh, they'll get to enjoy it uh, in the afternoon. And uh, man, I'm telling you, them cakewalks in the afternoon get kind of crazy, amen. And I remember last year, uh, our uh, little five-year-old Emily won it, and I was walking in the gymnasium. She was on kids' shoulders, and they were cheering and going around this. Anyways, it was wild, man. Five-year-old wins a cake. It's pretty exciting stuff, amen. Uh, but anyways, uh, if you have kids in the school, they'll get to enjoy it in the afternoon. And then, of course, Friday night starts at 7 o'clock, and uh, looks like the candy barrel out there is overflowing, and uh 
there were some Reese's peanut butter cups right there on top, so I don't know if they'll still be there after the service tonight, but uh, sure thankful for those that have been helping out with that. And uh, if you'd like to help out and serve your you know, uh, member in good standing here, we'd love to have you help out and be a part of it. And we've got games and things to work and, and hay rides and all of that stuff. I want to drive the truck that does the hay ride, maybe sling a couple of kids out, amen, and have a good time. Oh, I'm just kidding now. I'm just calm down. So, no, we're looking forward to a good, a good time in the Lord. Uh, and then, of course, uh, this coming Sunday, don't forget about uh, after the Sunday evening service, uh, we're going to be having a Linger Longer. There's a teen uh, chili cook-off, and so uh, we're going to be eating, eating their chili at your own risk. And then, of course, we have, you know, bring some finger foods and, and things like that. So we'll look forward to having some fellowship and uh, stuff like that. And then I did just want to mention a couple of things about the month of November that's, of course, right around the corner. Uh, a couple of main things that we have is our church uh, hayride and, and cookout and that is on uh, uh, Friday, November the 11th. And then, of course, we have our Thanksgiving banquet, which is the Sunday uh, before uh, Thanksgiving. And so our guest preacher this year is going to be Brother Tim uh, Knudsen. And so we'll have basically our regular morning services and uh, bring a covered dish and, and uh, something like that and, and a dessert or something or, you know, one or the other or both, however you want to do it. And we'll have a fellowship over in the E.J. Watson Gymnasium and have lunch over there. And then we'll come back and have an afternoon service. So there'll be no evening service that night, uh, November the 20th. And then our midweek service for the week of Thanksgiving, we move it from Wednesday night, the 23rd, to Tuesday night, the 22nd. And that, of course, will be at 7 o'clock, our regular uh, time. So make sure you got those things marked down in your calendar. And then, of course, don't forget about our parking lot uh, envelopes and raising money. Uh, for that and sure looking forward to the day when we can get that all uh, repaved and new curbs put down and things like that that'll be a real blessing and, and look real nice out there all right if you have your prayer list tonight let's go ahead and uh, we'll take those out and uh, get going on this and so I did want to just mention a few things uh, tonight and uh, brother Roy uh, McRae finally got his uh, next cataract surgery scheduled and it's going to be on Monday, uh, the 31st, and so um, we won't accuse you of dressing as a pirate for Halloween, amen, once you get that surgery done, so, uh, but uh, sure thankful uh, that he was able to get that scheduled, that was a real blessing and an answer to prayer, and so I know he's looking forward to getting that done. Uh, of course, good to see Miss Marie Christian back there, and sure thankful her eyes continue to improve, and so pray for, continue to pray for that. And then, of course, our eye doctor, Dr. Wongs, and uh, praying for him and his need to be saved. And then also pray for her, his son-in-law, is that it, Matthew Powell, and his dad uh, is not uh, doing good, and so pray uh, for that. And then, of course, uh, we've got, you know, just several others on here. I wanted to mention a couple. Brother, Brother Chuck Bellis had his uh, new eye doctor appointment yesterday with the new doctor, and, and so continue to pray for that. And good to see him here uh, tonight. And then Miss Sue Nugent that we have on our prayer list for... Uh, having a, a cyst removed on her hand that got rescheduled uh, to November and it's actually the week before uh, Thanksgiving and then of course I think it'd be good you know if we went ahead and put the harvest party on there and we made made it a point to pray for that uh, tonight as well I folks I, I know this that sometimes there are things like this that people wouldn't come to church but they'll come to stuff like this and so if we can be a witness to them or just maybe even an, a godly example to them and it might, you know, open their eyes and see their need to, you know, be in church or even, you know, open their hearts to be willing to come to church and, 
and hear the gospel. And man, it's, it's been a blessing. We had a, quite, you know, we had some visitors here Sunday, and uh, just a real blessing. And and so continue to pray uh, for those things. All right, has anybody got a prayer request or an update or anything uh, tonight? Yes, ma'am, Miss Lynn. Okay. You said uh, Brother Dan's going to be traveling? Oh, you're all going? Okay, so the Wills family's going to be traveling, so pray for them. And then also Miss uh, Margaret Fountain that's on our prayer list, um, and so she's back in the hospital, and so remember that in prayer. Good to see Brother Don Katanic back there, and do continue to pray for him too with his, uh, he had a pretty serious uh, tooth surgery and, and stuff on uh, Monday, and so... Uh, he, if he does talk, it, you may not understand anything, amen, but uh, sure thankful he's here tonight. Anybody else uh, tonight got a prayer request or anything like that? All right, Brother CJ back there. Okay. 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 What's his name, brother? Chuck Reeves. Okay. So that's brother CJ's dad. And so let's pray for that situation. Pray the Lord will give wisdom on, you know, how they deal with his health issues and things like that. So absolutely. Okay. So quite a few hands going up. Let's see, brother, brother Gary Clark. Okay. Paul Hazelwood. Okay, so let's pray for that family. Okay. All right. Uh, anybody else uh, tonight? Yes, ma'am, Miss Kristen. Yes. Okay. Mercy. Okay, so let's continue to pray for Brother Will and uh, that liver situation. He's on our prayer list on the first column about three-quarters of the way down. And so, yeah, he did uh, not get good report this week. And so, sure be praying for that. So, absolutely. Anybody else tonight? Okay, Miss Melanie. Okay. 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 All right. So pray for Christy and then also pray for Miss Melanie who's moving uh this Saturday and uh she needs she needs some people to help. Uh her two grandsons that uh, could probably help out and and uh put them to work and 
and and all that. I'm volunteering Isaac and Gentry, so sorry. <laughs> Amen. So just pray for that. All right. Anybody else uh, tonight? Yes, ma'am, Miss Sherry. Yes, ma'am. Wow. I remember that. She was on hospice. That's incredible. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Praise the Lord. Good. Do you want us to take him off or? Okay. Just doing better though. Sure thankful for that. So Miss Jane Buckley, and I remember that, she was on hospice and they were expecting her to go home to be with the Lord. But God answers prayer, amen. And uh, so she is completely healed. We can take her off and then pray, continue to pray for Don Swearingen. And uh, sure thankful though that he was able to have that surgery and, and recovering. So what a blessing. All right, Brother Gary. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay, so he's uh, kind of healing up. So we'll continue to pray for him. So absolutely. All right, anybody else tonight? Okay, let's go ahead and have our men uh, come tonight and... Uh, just uh, wanted to mention too just an unspoken just a not nothing that we need to add on the prayer list but just a temporary unspoken and and uh, just got a call from a good good preacher friend and uh, if I mentioned his name you'd know who he is but just uh, battling the battle but uh, you know uh, just uh, you know God's God's people need encouraging but sometimes God's men need encouraging too and and so uh, you know and and I know this it's it's hard when you hear some difficult news to have to preach on a Wednesday night service after that but God is faithful and so let's just pray for that tonight Lord knows amen so let's pray tonight brother brother Steve Parker would you pray for us tonight brother
Amen. Amen. most recent uh, prayer letter from our missionaries, the Trasks, uh, down in Brazil. We've supported them for many, many years. And uh, he says, September in Brazil includes Independence Day on the 7th. We gave each person a Brazilian flag and the Sunday, or the Sunday before the 7th. We marched out to our mini soccer field and sang the national anthem. And October began with joint evangelistic outreach in a rebuild of a sister church with other area sister churches. Evangelistic effort was held on October 8th with visitation in the area and a one-day vacation Bible school outreach on the 15th. I finished a series of 28 lessons in the book of Acts for the adult Sunday school class uh, early in the month of October. Attendance has been up and down, but so far the Lord has blessed and we've been up as of late. It was a blessing to hear one of those present at the Vacation Bible School outreach on Saturday tell me, Pastor, I will see you tomorrow. For several years, she and her husband allowed their kids to attend via, via our van ministry. It's a joy now to see all the family attending services together. Uh, please pray for my mom, who's in a care facility, and please pray for our preparations for leaving next month, that would be mid-November, uh, for furlough. Uh, I would like to report back to as many churches as possible, and uh, uh, I hope to see you soon. It says, my sister Renee graduated to glory on October 18th. Pray for her only son, Paul. Both of his parents are now deceased. Uh, pray for my brother Mark and his wife. They've made two trips to help her in the past four months. And uh, our Uncle Alan was a big help also. So continue to pray for her and pray for us as we get ready to head back to the States. So uh, good update there. Uh, of course, it's always uh, a joy for them to be able to take some time to come home, report, have some rest, and those kinds of things. So pray for them as they're certainly going to be traveling here soon. Brother Gary Clark, would you pray for the Trasks as well as our other missionaries? Amen. Would you stand with me one last time, please? And let's turn to page 527. Page 527, we'll sing both verses. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. Sing it out on that first verse. 
Since I started for the kingdom, since my life He controls, since I gave my heart to Jesus, the longer I serve Him, the sweeter He grows. The longer I serve Him, the sweeter He grows. The more that I love Him, more love He bestows. Each day is like heaven, my heart overflows. The longer I serve Him, the sweeter He grows every need He is supplying plenteous grace He bestows every day my way gets brighter the longer I serve Him the sweeter He grows. The longer I serve Him, the sweeter He grows. The more that I love Him, more love He bestows. Each day is like heaven, my heart overflows. The longer I serve Him, the sweeter He grows. Amen. Please remain standing. Get your Bibles ready for the message tonight. Man, what a blessing. That's a, man, I, that's a true song. Amen. And, uh, man, I, I would even say this. It's, it's one to uh, just get put in your mind and hum all week. Amen. And uh, just chew on. Well, I'm sure glad you're here tonight. Let's turn to Ephesians and, and chapter number 4 uh, tonight. The book of Ephesians and, and chapter number 4. I'm not going to read uh, the whole uh, passage here. Uh, really, we could start in verse number 1. But I'm actually just going to pick up in, in verse number 11. We, we saw this uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, hopefully it will kind of come to your mind here. But certainly it will bring our subject to light And so Ephesians in chapter number 4, look at verse number 11, it says this, And He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and and teachers, all right? And this is talking about the gifts that God gives, all right, to the the churches. And of course, we know that uh, we we don't have any more apostles, a man that's... uh, uh, a man's not qualified to be an apostle because according to Acts chapter 1, you've got to see the resurrected uh, Savior, all right? And so, you know, you and I understand that, you know, guys can claim stuff like that today, but that's, you just got to quit eating Taco Bell so late at night, all right? And, uh, you know, just all the nonsense and things that go on in false religion. But we, we understand we don't need apostles. Though they be dead, they still speak it, amen? We have the Word of God. And we have uh, the, the, the uh, apostles and their writings and then, of course, we have the prophets. But the idea here is this. He's given you a pastor, teachers, and those kind of things. And here's why. Look at verse number 12. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, 
All right, and here's our subject till we all come in, and what's that? In the unity of the faith, right? And of the knowledge of the Son of God, and unto a perfect man, and, and unto the measure, the stature, of the fullness of Christ. And then this is where we're going to kind of jump in tonight. It is kind of middle of a thought here because verse 13 ends with a colon, but then it goes on to say this, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lay in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into Him, all right, in all things which is the head, even Christ, all right, from whom the whole body fitly joined together, compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body into the edifying of itself in love. And really all of this is going to springboard into the subject of spiritual growth that follows this, all right? But if you remember from the previous messages, the subject that you and I have been dealing with in the last several messages is really the subject of unity, okay? Uh, if you go back to verse number two, we're to, or verse number three, we're to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit uh, in the bond of peace, all right? And then it goes on and says there's one body and one Spirit and, and uh, one, one Lord and one faith, one Baptist, all of those things. One means this. That's, that's unity, isn't it? That's signifying unity. And then God's given us... God's given gifts to His churches, all right? And I, I said this last time, some gifts are better than others, all right? Depending on how you say that or depending on how you view that, all right? But He has given you a pastor and, and, and teachers and it's for, it's for the help that we need to come in the unity of the faith in verse number 13. And so we've seen all of that and tonight this, this subject of unity, it comes to a close, okay? Um, it's kind of, you know, we looked at it like this, the attitudes of unity, the articles of unity, and the agents of unity. So tonight is the end results of unity. I was going to, well, if you need an A word, I do have an A word. It's the achievement of unity. But it's the idea of this, just showing us the end results of what unity can do for a church body. I just wrote these things down. I want you to listen to them, then we'll pray and be seated. Where disunity tears apart, unity brings together. Where disunity makes us weak, Unity, where disunity makes us weak, unity builds us up and strengthens us. Where disunity hinders our service, unity increases our service and allows us to move together forward for the glory of Christ. Amen. Folks, I'm telling you, we need unity tonight. And we're going to finish up with this, but I, I would just challenge you tonight. If there's anything in our lives that would hinder us from being the church that God wants us to be, boy, we need to examine that tonight and make those things all right. Father, would you bless the preaching now? Help me, Lord, tonight. And Lord, just give us a sweet time and sweet spirit around your word. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated uh, tonight. <clears throat> I appreciate the Waters family uh, very much. They are uh, thankful how the Lord worked in their life and brought them here. And, and I think it was about a year or so ago. I, I might have been for Pastor Appreciation Month. I can't remember but anyways they brought me this this bag this little gift bag and uh and i opened it up and pulled it out and it was a box and and it had the uh had it was a lego box and it was a, a yellow jeep on the box 
And it was a, a basically a yellow uh, Lego Jeep and the note on it that said, we can't afford to get you a real Jeep, so this will have to do. And I was like, that'll work, amen. And I was just a real blessing. And I remember I, I loved it. I, I took, uh, Monday's my day off, and so I'd taken off. I, I think it was like a couple of weeks after that I'd gotten it, and I took the Monday, I took that Monday, my day off, and and I was just going to goof. I thought it was going to take me just like maybe an hour or two to put it together. Thankfully, I had my whole day off because it took me almost the whole day. And I just, I'm just telling you right now, Legos today were not the Legos I had when I was a kid. Amen. They're way more expensive and they're way more, incompli- way more complicated. And I'm glad I had directions. All right. But I remember it was, man, it was crazy because you started putting this thing together. And what it did was is it had you, you know, you started working on the back part of it, then you started working on the front part of it, then you started putting the engine and stuff together and the chassis and stuff and things together. I, there were times where I was working on stuff, I didn't even know what it was or where it went to. And I'm just like, how is all this? And then I just kept following the directions and I started putting it all together and the next thing you know, it just, it all started making sense and then I realized what I was working on and what I, oh, okay, that's where that goes and things like well, what I'm trying to say to you tonight is this, is that that's, that's kind of like our text. Um, we, we've got all these pieces that, that help us with our unity. All right? And when, when we put them all together, you begin to see how it all works together. And, and it really, it, you begin to see the end result and why unity is, is of such a great necessity uh, among a church body. See, there, there, listen, there's a reason why we're to have the attitudes of, of unity and we're to, we're to love one another and we're to forgive one another and we're to endeavor to keep the, the unity of the Spirit in this, in this church. And there's a reason why we've got an authorized King James Bible that helps us to understand there is one body and one baptism and one Lord and, and one faith and so on. There's a reason why you have a pastor tonight. All right, and it's because it's because when you put the right attitudes together between one another and you put the right doctrine together, I'm telling you unity should take place and when unity takes place, then spiritual growth takes place and the body begins to serve and do what the head wants it to do. All right? And and so that's ultimately what our text is about tonight. Now, before we dive into this, I, I just felt like the Lord would have us to maybe, maybe if we could go in and look at what a church looks like in disunity. Kind of see a contrast or a comparison here. So hold your place there in, in Ephesians chapter 4 and go with me to 1 Corinthians in, in chapter number 1. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. And just let me point out some things here. Look at, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and look at verses 10 uh, through uh, uh, 13, I think, down through here we'll look at. Notice it says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that y'all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. What, what would that be? Unity, Right? So notice he says, For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are the house of Chloe. Bunch of tattletales. Right? It's just a joke. Calm down. All right. He says that there are contentions among you. Now this I say that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I have Apollos, and I have Cephas, and I have Christ. But then he says this, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Dealing with the subject 
of unity. But notice these things here. This is what I wrote down in my notes. Everything that is dealt with in Ephesians chapter 4, we find the complete opposite in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Look, look at verse number 11. It says that there are contentions among you. The word contention means strife and quarrels, debating, arguments, fighting amongst one another. In verse number 10, it talks about uh, that uh, there's divisions among them, that they all, that Paul's telling them that they would all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions uh, among you. So it, there were divisions, and this has more to do with doctrinal division, all right? And Paul would even conclude in chapter 11 that there must also be heresies among them. Uh, everyone had a doctrine and, and spoke different things. And, and what he's telling this church is this, that's not good. That's disunity. That, that's chaos and, and confusion. And, and God is a God of order. All right, but here's, look at verse 12 and 13. He says, now this I say that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, I have Paulus, I have Cephas, that's Peter, and of Christ. And he goes on and deals with that. But the idea is this, is that there was disputations among the gifts they had been given, meaning the men of God. People, well, you know, Peter baptized me, but Apollos baptized me, and Paul baptized me, and all of these di different things that they, they were claiming. And you understand, while there shouldn't be quarrels and, and disrespect between God's people and God's men, that, uh, that shouldn't swing the other way, and we make an idol out of God's man. Which is what they were ultimately doing here. Listen, I, I'm, I'm telling you tonight, I could spend a lot of time dealing with all of this. I preached through Corinthians on several times. We could deal with all of this, but the point is this, is to, is to get you to see how this disunity hindered this church. I want you to think about this. It hurt their testimony tremendously. If I were to ask most any Bible student in here what the, what the church at Corinth was named for, most everybody would say carnality. They were the carnal church. That's what they were known for. I remember when I lived in Cassville and we had a Southern Baptist church down the road from our house and it was called Corinth Baptist Church. And I used to always scratch my head and go, why? Why that name? All right. Why, why not Thessalonica or, or Antioch or Philippi or Berea or whatever. Why, why Corinth? Because they don't have the greatest testimony in the Scriptures. All right? And what I'm saying to you is this, is that as the pastor of Faith Baptist Church, I don't want it to be where Faith Baptist Church is known for divisions and, and contentions and, and, and idolatry and, and disrespect or whatever, whatever the case may be, that there's all this disunity and carnality that goes on among God's people. I don't want that to be our testimony, and I would certainly hope that you wouldn't as well. But, but also think about this. It, it hindered their, it hindered their, their spiritual growth and, and their service for the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, even in chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians, Paul, Paul begins to say, man, I couldn't talk to you. Uh, I, I had to talk to you as babes unto Christ. I couldn't give you the meat because you're carnal. You're still, you're still like babies in Christ. And, and really, and you and I know this, that if you study the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul has to deal with a lot of things, a lot of things that we would look at and go, well, duh, that's common sense. But they didn't understand those things because they were spiritually immature. Their growth in Christ was being hindered by their disunity. But also think about this in 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. You, you understand that in 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, Paul is having to deal with them 
about a commitment that they had made more than a year ago to help the churches in Judea to give uh, by faith. And of course, it's a great passage to deal with the subject of faith promise, but it's also a rebuke to that church because they had committed to do that. It had been more than a year and they had still not fulfilled that commitment. And I'm just saying to you that that... The, to giving the faith promise and being a part of the Lord's work, that is an incredibly important thing, but it was being hindered by their own disunity. And folks, what, what I'm saying to you tonight is this, is that I don't want that for Faith Baptist Church. I don't want us to be hindered in our spiritual growth. I don't want us to be, I don't want us to be hindered in our service for, for the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want Faith Baptist Church to be inwardly focused in and, and squabbles and fightings and divisions and the pastor is busy running around trying to put out fires that's really distracting us from what God intends for His church to be, which is not inwardly focused, but outwardly focused because there are people around us dying and going to hell and churches need to be planted and missionaries need to be sent. That, my friend, is the work of God. That's the things that we're called to. That's what God desires out of us. And that's, that, I'm just telling you, that, that's where we need to be tonight. So what do we do? How do we, how do we move from, from Corinthians, if we could say it like this, to Ephesians? How, how do we do that? Well, well, here's how. How about this one? Forgive one another. Um, seek forgiveness. If you've wronged someone, forgive one another and seek forgiveness. Here's another one. Know what you believe and why you believe it. Because there is one body and one faith and one Lord and one baptism. But and, 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 and listen, and then here's the other one. Have regard for the man of God that's trying to teach you those things. And if we'll put those together, then, then what's going to happen is what we find in our passage tonight, that this unity begins to be achieved among God's people. And, and, and things begin to take place. Let me, let me just give you the two things that I, I wrote down uh, in my notes tonight. Look at verses 14 and, and 15. It says this, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into Him in all things which is the head even Christ. This is what I wrote down, and you can take it for what you will, but I believe it's trying to get across this. Unity provides an atmosphere for growth. I mean, that's really what it does. I, and I, 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 know, I know this might sound, you know, simple, maybe silly tonight. I, I don't know, but I, I do know this. Why, why, do you, why do you think people bring their plants in, you know, when the temperatures begin to drop? Why do you think that there are plant nurseries that, that have plastic tents or buildings that are covered in, in plastic to keep their plants in? Well, well, here's why. It's because the atmosphere is important to growth. And you understand tonight, it's the same way with the church. It really is. You, you could even, we, we could even make an, I, I realize it's talking about spiritual growth, but I would say to you tonight, you could even make an argument for numerical growth. That you understand when, when, it, when, when, because here's the thing, when tensions are, are happening between folks and there's disunity and doctrine and, and, and things like that, I'm just telling you, that's not an environment people just go, man, this is great. 
I shared this story a while back, but I remember when I was pastoring in Caspian, we had a lady visit the church one Sunday morning with her friend. And so she filled out uh, the visitor information and we were having visitation on Thursday night. So we met there at the church and me and another man in the church. And we said, well, we had this lady visit. Let's go and, you know, and, and see if she had any questions or anything like that. And we went to, their, uh, to her house and, and where her and her husband were at. And we didn't know this, but it turned out that her and her husband were having some, you know, marital issues and, and things like that. And we walked in and, and uh, she invited us in and, and, and her husband was sitting there eating. And man, we just, you know, kind of, they were, you know, started talking. They were very short in their answers. You could just sense the, the tension between them. And I, I mean, listen, I didn't, I didn't go, man, this is awesome. Can I sit down here? I, I didn't do any of that. You know what I did? I looked at my, my, the guy that was with me, and I was like, we got to get out of here. Because, man, I didn't want to. Do, do you understand that when people walk into a church like this, and there's a bunch of friction and a bunch of tension, and things, <laughs> man, they're not, wow, this is awesome. God is in this place. No, the devil's in this place. You, you, uh, what, what, uh, you, you understand what I'm, what I'm saying to you is, listen, it, <laughs> it, it just bring, it brings, you know, it, it causes disunity. When, when someone walks into Faith Baptist Church and one of the first things they hear is you make a snide comment about the pastor or another church member, you know, you want to sit, you'll probably want to sit real far back, you know, he's, he's full of hot air. Well, that may be true, but I'll let them know that. Let them figure that out on their own. You know, don't, don't, hey, listen, don't sit over there in that area. There's some weird people that, yeah, that's their spot, you know, and they're weird and just, you don't, you don't want to sit next to that. Do you not, do you not understand what you have just done? You, you have, you have revealed, you have shown to them that there's contention among us, but you have, you have, you have also hindered any chance of me or anybody else ministering to them in spiritual things whatsoever. But what I'm saying to you tonight is this, is that when there is a welcoming spirit of unity among God's people, you create, you create an atmosphere of not only that where numerical growth can take place, but I, I believe this, you create an atmosphere where spiritual growth can take place. You, you know, and I want you to just, let me just point out some things to you. The, the first thing that I thought of was this, when you have unity in a church, unity provides protection. It really does. Look at, look at verse number 14 because he says that we be, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men. Listen to this. And cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Do you understand that the lion doesn't go after the strongest and fastest adult gazelle? It goes after the weakest. It goes, it goes after the child, the baby. Well, why? Because it's the easiest prey. And it's the same way with the devil and his crowd. He is a, he, he, listen, he is a lion that walketh about seeking whom he may devour. That's what he wants to do. And false prophets are looking for, for children in Christ, babes, to deceive with their false doctrine but it's unity that protects us against these things. Do you realize, listen, do you realize that there are people in this church and everybody is at a different stage of spiritual growth tonight? Everybody. 
There are adults in here, maybe we could even say seniors in here, saints that have been walking with God for a long time. But there are also people in, even in this room tonight who might be an adult but still a babe in Christ and just beginning to grow in their walk with God. And I'm saying to you tonight that unity protects all of us from the false doctrine that's looking to devour anyone. It's unity that realizes It's unity that realizes that not everyone who comes through the door of Faith Baptist Church is here for the right reasons. And that's sad to say, but that's the truth, friends. Some, I'm just telling you, some don't look to come, you know, to come here to get ministered to, but rather to deceive and devour. And it's unity, listen, it's unity that gets behind the pastor when he has to confront and deal with those things. Because I'm not going to put up with that stuff. I'm not trying to be ugly, but I'm just saying to you, that's, you, you, you know, that we're not going to do those things. Friend. We're not going to tolerate that kind of stuff. And it's not because I'm trying to be mean or ugly, but there are people that need to be protected in this place. And it's unity that understands that. It's, it's unity that creates men in the church with a wolf dog mentality. You know what I'm saying? Wolf dogs. You know, that, that, that help the under-shepherd protect the sheep. It's unity that gives fellow church members the benefit of the doubt, so to speak. In other words, you know, it's, it's real dangerous to assume. It's real dangerous to assume. But you know, when it comes to church family, we ought to assume the best and not the worst. And, and please understand, I, I, you know, this, this is a reality in our day and time. And folks, I'm, I'm thankful for America and having the freedom of religion, but you and I also understand that's opened the door for a whole lot of false religion. And, and, it, and it, they're on the internet, they're on social media, but they're also sending them into churches like ours to try and, and, and steal and devour the sheep. And, and again, I just want to relay my heart. I, I know I've done this before. Many of you know this, but I'm telling you, every person that comes through that door and, and comes to faith baptism. I want to. I want to keep them, man. I want to see them get saved. I want to see them follow the Lord in baptism. I want to see them be part of Faith Baptist Church and and grow in their walk with God and, and serve God. I'm that, I'm all for that. But I also, you and I can't be so naive to think that every person in here or that comes through those doors is looking for that same thing as well. There are wicked people come, that can come in and look to devour. I, I mentioned um, in Sunday school we. We just finished up the letter R, which is the return of Christ. And we know that, you know, His return is in two stages. Uh, there is a pre-tribulation rapture of the saints, amen, and, and all that. But I, I mentioned in dealing with that, that there is, a, there is a false prophet that's out in Arizona. I'm not going to mention his name because I don't want to give him glory. But he's out in the Arizona uh, area. He calls himself an independent Baptist, but he's a liar because he doesn't believe the Bible all right, but this guy has promoted himself on YouTube and, and social media. Uh, and even before that, he sent out DVDs to pastors to promote his false theology of, of, uh, of post-tribulation rapture of the saints. And unfortunately, he deceived a lot of people in that. He really has. And it's really sad. But, here's, but you, this is why I'm telling you, because here's what they're doing now. They're sending out, they're sending out their guys into Baptist churches like ours to prey on their sheep. That's what they're doing now. In fact, and I'll just tell you this, I, I had a, a preacher in the area, a preacher friend in the area that called me several months ago to let me know, hey, I had this guy come in our church and, 
And uh, we, we thought, man, he's, you know, here for, you, you know, and, and uh, might be, you know, interested in being a member, a prospective member. And the next thing you know, he's standing out there in the, you know, in the outer doors there of the church. And as people are walking in, he's handing out tracts to them and, and, uh, and, and information to them. And it says, hey, go to this website and listen to this and listen to that. And, and of course, and the pastor had to confront him on him. And, I'm, and, I'm, and, he, called, and he called me to let me know that. And I said, yeah, we'll, we'll get him if he comes here. Listen, now let me, let me help you with something. When that kind of stuff happens, you know what needs to happen? There needs to be a bunch of wolf dogs growling and barking. You know what I'm saying? And, and, it, and, then, and then here's the thing. When the preacher has to go and confront it and, and run the guy off, we don't, we don't need somebody starting to complain. We, we don't need somebody to start slandering the pet. You know, he's so mean. He's not a people person. Well, it's not that I'm not a people person. I'm just not a stupid people person. It's a ministry rule. I don't use the word stupid very often, but I felt liberty to do that tonight. I'm just saying to you, it's, it, listen, we don't, we don't need, because here's the thing, because that's not my heart at all, but at the same time, I, I'm the under-shepherd of this church, and one of my responsibilities is to protect the sheep. And I'm just saying to you, what, what needs to happen in a church like this that there should be unity and, and we get behind the man of God and know that he has our best interests at heart. And know that. And we need, we, because here's the thing we need an atmosphere in this church of unity that protects people. Because there are people in different stages of spiritual growth. And they may not be where you're at. And they certainly need guarding and, and protecting. But here's the other thing unity offers provision. Look at verse number 15. He says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into Him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. And I would even say this, that not only does unity offer protection, it offers provision. And I like this because notice how verse, verse 14, it was children tossed to and fro like a ship at sea. But now in verse 15, you find, you find stability here. We can hear the truth in love and we can grow into our head who is Jesus Christ. And again, that's what unity does for, for a church. And I love the phrase there, preaching the truth in love, because that's so key. Truth with no love is biblical truth given in a wrong spirit. And you need to understand this tonight. You can have truth, but if you have a wrong spirit about that truth, then my friend, you're still wrong. You understand? There has to be truth in, in love, but at the same time, you can't have love without truth. We're not a social club. We're a church that, that centers on truth. And, and the truth of the matter is, if you have love and no truth, then you really don't have biblical love. Because love, listen, charity, listen, it, 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 it vaunteth itself in truth. It, it rejoices not in iniquity. It loves truth. So you understand, we, they, these two just, they go, they, they go together. But, but also think about how this impacts a church's a church's spiritual growth. A pastor who loves the people God has given him and then preaches the truth in love, he's going to help their spiritual growth. He's going to help their spiritual growth. He's not, not only is he a living example of the truth that he's preaching because of the love of God that's in his heart, but he also makes it easier for the truth to be received. You should be in unity tonight. Well, I don't think I'd really like that one. I'm not interested in being in unity with somebody like that. But if I get over here and go, hey, man, we need to love one another tonight. 
We need to be in unity with one another. That's a message I can grab a hold of right there. Not because the message was any different, but the spirit was completely different. You see what I'm saying? And it's so, listen, but also this, a people who love their pastor and understand that the pastor has their best interests at heart, no matter how difficult the truth may be at times, they can understand, hey, he's preaching it from God's word and he's doing it because he loves us and you receive the truth. I'm going to tell you something, and, I, and I'm great, and I really am. I look back on just, a, you know, four and a half, almost five years I've been here, and, and, and there have been some times where we've hit some hard subjects, and I'm very grateful for the spirit of this church. You know, you preach something hard on Sunday night, and the same group comes back on Wednesday night, and you go, all right, they're okay. You, know, you worry about stuff like that and pray about things like that, but I'm thankful that people understand those things. But what I'm saying to you is this, is that when unity is missing in a church, Truth fails in both delivery and the receiving and spiritual growth is hindered. People remain children in their faith and ultimately vulnerable to false doctrine. But when there is unity, and I'm talking about between the people of God and the man of God, when there is unity, truth prospers in its delivery and its reception. And then guess what happens? We begin to grow in our faith. We begin to know what we believe and why we believe it. And the next thing you know, we go from being babes in Christ, children tossed to and fro, to being, to being adults in Christ, grounded in our faith and, and knowing what we believe and, and why we believe it. I'm telling you tonight, man, I don't have a green thumb. You give my wife and I a plant, and I promise you it'll be dead by the next week. I, I'm just, I don't... I, but I, I do remember one time, my wife, I, I think my wife had a, had a plant. She had it, uh, I, I think it might have been in the living room of the house because it was part of her decorations and things. And, and she noticed that it was starting, you know, it was starting to die. It was just, you could tell the color of the, you know, bark on the stems was starting to get real light and, and uh, you know, dry. And the leaves were starting to, you know, wither and, and uh, wilt up and things like that. But here, so here's what she did. She took it from the living room and she just set it up in the windowsill of the kitchen there where the sun could shine in on it. Took a little bit of water there from this faucet and put it in there and let it get a little moisture in that sunlight. You know, on the next day when we came back in, man, where what was once about to die, that there was just life. What, what I'm trying to say to you is this, is that that's the difference an atmosphere can make. And it can make that same difference in a church. When there's forgiveness between one another. And boy, we all understand we're here to grow in our faith and learn about one body and one, one faith and one Lord. And you know there's regard for the people of God and the man of God. And we love one another and respect one another. And Well, that, that's the difference unity can make. It allows for spiritual growth. But here's the other thing. And look at verse number 16. I, I, I like this one too. It'd be okay if I finish tonight. I got a little bit, it's kind of longer, but I, this one's not as long as the other point. But look at verse, 15, verse 16, excuse me. It says, From whom the whole body, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. 
You know, unity, it, it not only provides an atmosphere for, for growth, but I, I believe this. I believe it provides a, and, and I guess I could say an athletic church. I didn't, you know, but it's really, it's a healthy church. It provides a healthy church for serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, it's, it's, it's not just about sound doctrine that helps a church be healthy. It's also our attitudes towards one another. You, you understand, you, you can have sound doctrine, but if all we do is refuse to listen to that and fight amongst one another, then we're, we're not a healthy church. Well, we're a faith Baptist church. That doesn't mean we're a healthy church. We can pride ourselves in who we are all we want to, but that doesn't mean we're healthy. And a healthy body, listen, a healthy body... Uh, you know, an unhealthy body cannot be an active body, whether that be physically or, or, or spiritually in our service for Christ. You've got an unhealthy body. You can't be active. Well, that's not, that's spiritually speaking. If we've got an unhealthy body, we can't be active for Christ. We've got too much stuff going on. We've got to get ourselves straightened out so that we can be in service for the Lord. But notice how in verse 15, all right, no, notice this. Paul speaks of our own growth in Christ, which is the head. Notice he says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up into Him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Now, you and I know this, and I don't have time to go there, but you can go to Colossians 1.18, and we know who the head of the body is, and, and we know what a body is. That's the church. Faith Baptist Church, you are a body of Jesus Christ. All right, and Christ is the head. So, so we understand that. So now in verse 16, so, so Christ is the head, all right? Uh, he is to be the head of the body of the church in, in Colossians 1.18. But now in verse 16, it says, for, for, from whom the whole body, all right, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies. And it goes on down. So, so you understand right there, the church is likened again unto His body, just like He did in, in Colossians, all right? It's the same idea here. And here's what he says. He says, he says, from whom the whole body, watch this. So here's what the body's supposed to be, the church body. It's to be fitly joined together. Fitly joined together. Okay, now, now watch this because here, I don't, this may not be the correct sign for that. Okay, because really, fitly, it has the idea of this, that every part of the body is to be in the place that God intended for it to be. So like, my, head, my hand, you know, or my, my foot can't, you know, and, and you can go to, what, what is it, 1 Corinthians 12 and, and look at all of this, but I'm just telling you, my foot can't go, you know, I'd really like to be the head. I'm not going to try that one tonight, amen. I, probably be stop the service take him to the emergency room all right but my hand my hand can't decide it wants to be the nose that'd be pretty weird wouldn't it man you smell good tonight brother Quinley. <laughs> can't uh, it can't decide to just you know what what i'm saying to you is this is that you know we're we're supposed to be in our place and we can't just go you know well i i think i want to i want to i want to lead the music this coming sunday brother eric that'd be old now he has to say okay because I'm the pastor, and he, but I, I'm just telling you, you would be like, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be here. I'll, I'll watch online and pray for you. It would be bad. 
But it's, and you don't need to be trying to be what God's called me to be. Do you see what I'm saying? Every, every person has their place in the body, and, and you're to be, be in that place. But, but here's the other thing. He says, so not only are you to be fitly joined all right, together, but then it says this, and compacted. Okay? Now this is the right term or the right sign for that, for that word because this means not, not only to be in the rightful place as opposed to the wrong place, but watch this, it means to be in its rightful place as in attached to the body where it's supposed to be attached. Hence the phrase there, he says, compacted by that which every joint supplies. See, listen, my arm is in its rightful place, all right, on my physical body, but it's also attached to my body, all right, by tendons and, and muscles in my joints. Does anybody understand that? It's not a hard thing. He's just using a physical illustration here to give us a spiritual lesson. See, the point, the point is this. Now watch this. My arm has no business trying to be my head. All right, that would be cool driving home like this. Has no business doing that, but watch this. But here's the other thing. This is the idea. See, when my head tells my body to go in this certain direction, my arm has no business going, you know, I'd really like to just hang out over here. You know what? I'd really like to just detach from the body and stay right over here or go in that direction. And then the body has to go, hey, arm. It's talking about us. You're the body. I'm the body. He's the head. What Paul is saying here is that the church, the body of Christ, is to be in unity. Every part is to be in its place. And when the body begins to follow and serve Christ, every part should be there. Every part. That's a healthy body. That, that's a healthy body. So uh, then the question would become this, okay, so, so if I'm part of this body, then, then what, do I do to, what do I do to help the unity here? What, I mean, what, you, you know, and, and ultimately the health of this church, how, what, do I, what do I do? Well, well no, notice some things that are, just, that are in this verse that, that will help you with that. Because here's what I believe he's saying. I believe he's saying right, even right, just look at this phrase right here. He says, he says, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. Look, look at this right here. Look at this phrase. According to the effectual working in the measure of every part. Do you know what that means? That means this. That God worked in your life to put you in this body. Just like, just like God was at work fashioning every member of my body and putting it in its rightful place, compacted together, so that it will do what my mind tells it to do, my head. Is everybody catching this? God's worked in your life, in every part, every one of us. He has worked in your life and in mine. Maybe He worked in your life and you got saved and baptized into this church. 
Maybe He worked in your life and brought you to Faith Baptist Church because you knew this is where God wanted you to be. But whatever the circumstance or situation, it should be that the child of God would recognize that, hey, God worked in my life and put me here. So here's what you do. Realize that. Realize God worked in your life and brought you here. Okay, so, and if God done that, and then don't you think He done it for a purpose? Amen. I think He does everything for a purpose. Well, okay, show me that one. Well, good. Let's look. Let's look. He says this. He says, from whom the whole body fitly joined together, compacted by that, listen to this, which every, there's that every right there, joint supplieth. Do you know what that means? That means, in, in the word supplieth, here's what it means. Literally this, contribute. It means every person in here tonight who's a member of Faith Baptist Church, you can do something. And if you come to me and go, well, preacher, you know my body, I can't do what I could, used to could do, but I can pray. Don't come to me with the attitude, well, all I can do is pray. Don't you dare minimize calling upon the name of our God on our behalf as something that is small and menial and little. Truth of the matter is, I believe this, that much of the walking and running that anybody does, talking about a church body, is, part, is the result of God's people praying. You may, listen, I, you may sit here tonight and go, well, you know, I'm just a pinky toe in the body. But you cut that pinky toe off and you're going to have a hard time walking physically. Just like we might have a hard time walking spiritually. I'm, I'm just telling you tonight, there are some parts of the body that, that we would say were more prominent or maybe more vital. But the truth of the matter is, every part of the body is necessary and vital. Every part. Every part. So everyone can contribute no, no matter who you are. And it's for these purposes. Look at the end of the verse. So he says, From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part. Now watch this. Maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Maketh increase means to grow. Edifying means to be built up. It means that you are here to help this body of believers to serve Him. You are here to see us grow, whether that be numerically or spiritually, with those already in the body. That's what you're here for. But it's real hard to do that when you're a hand or an arm detached or the rest of the body is wanting to go this way and you're going, I don't want to go. During COVID, my wife turned into a puzzle freak. She, she even sent me something she wants for Christmas tonight. I was laughing when she sent it. It's a puzzle thing where she can, she can put all, keep all her puzzles and slide them under the couch and she won't have to be in there in the kitchen on the kitchen table. And I looked at her and I was like, I'm fine with you in the kitchen table. <laughs> all her puzzles and stuff. I, I remember her having a puzzle. And I can't remember how many pieces it was. I think it was like 5,000 pieces or something. One thousand, I don't remember. 
anyways, um, I remember she got, she got it all the way done and there was one piece missing. Son, I'm telling you, I thought well, I was, we was going to have to have marital counseling. <laughs> Praise God, somebody found the piece and the puzzle was complete. <laughs> what, what, I'm, what I'm saying to you tonight is this, is that this is the completed puzzle. But you know what keeps it from being complete? All it takes is just one piece. Somebody wanting to hang on to a grudge. Somebody wanting to be mad at the preacher about something. Somebody wanting to get on YouTube and listen to somebody else that's giving them some false doctrine and mumbo jumbo. And it hinders us from being who God wants us to be. Folks, I I don't want that for Faith Baptist Church. I don't want that. I want the puzzle to be complete. And I want this place to be a place of growth, numerically, especially spiritually. And I want it to be a place where we're not inwardly focused, but we're moving out and looking out because there's a people out there that need the gospel, that need a good church home. And we can minister to them. That's what it's supposed to be about. But we've all got to get on there and be part of the body like we're supposed to be. Let's all stand tonight.